Let's go. Welcome to the Loans on Demand podcast, the show where we flip the real estate status quo on its head and put loan officers into the driver's seat. We, we, we give you all the tools, strategies, resources, and mindset needed to modernize your mortgage business and thrive. And my name is Luke Shankula, aka Longform Luke, and this is the Loans on Demand podcast. I hope you're ready for the Loans on Demand podcast. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Loans On Demand show, the show where we help loan officers flip the status quo on real estate agents and put loan officers in the driver's seat. And today, I think we're going to have a doozy of a show. Today, we have Brian Covey. He's a VP over at Loan Depot. Uh, he's done everything from processing to originating to running uh, his own branch. Now he's, a, I think, the regional up over there. I don't know exactly where, but uh, I think you said you're going to do maybe about $3 billion this year. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's our goal. We did 2.4, almost 2.5 last year, and we're growing already this year on pace to, to get to that three. Wow, man. I think you mentioned as well that you started with about 30, 30 people and now you're at about 150. Tell me a little bit about that. Producers. Yeah. So when I I landed over at Loan Deep, I've only worked at two other mortgage companies. I I did the corporate America thing at Wells for 13 years and, you know, originated, processed all that stuff. And then after 13 years decided, okay, corporate maybe is not for me in the huge organization. So I had Mm -hmm. some friends over at Movement Mortgage. And got to meet Casey and Toby and those guys. Great opportunity to help them build out a bunch of markets in the Southeast. And then after uh, about four years, along the way, I was introduced to Anthony Shea, our CEO over at Loan Depot. And I saw shifts happening in the market and all that. There was no Loan Depot here. And so I took a chance and a risk and saw the vision. And Anthony's like, hey, let's build this thing out. And I met um, my boss, Paul, and some of these guys like, why not? You know, we want to disrupt the world. And some of what I'm sure we'll talk about today is like, how do you get to the consumer first, but then also have a realtor centric. And I saw where the industry was going. And so that's what we've built out really more of what I would call this modern hybrid model, which is not dependent upon any one source, but we're actually showing up where customers show up to shop for a mortgage today. Man, that's incredible because I think the, the hard part about the mortgage industry, or not the hard part, but one of the things that's it's just always super, super behind um, with a lot of these marketing trends, things like that. And so they're like 5, 10, 15 years behind what the, the current things are happening. So, you know, obviously over the last 10, 20, 30, 40 years, like what most branch managers are doing is, hey, like as soon as you become a loan officer, they say, go basically cold call real estate agents, go, you know, meet with real estate agents, go have coffee with real estate agents, but they don't tell you how, they don't tell you anything about that. And and then what's interesting as well is, is when you talk to, you go to a broker, real estate broker, what are they going to tell their real estate agents? They're going to tell them to go direct to the consumer, go work your SOI. So, so it makes sense that real estate agents are getting to the consumer because that's what they're taught. Whereas most loan officers are taught to go after real estate agents. So they don't really have a way to build their business without being dependent solely on referrals, which again, referrals are literally the best type of things that you can get. Like I'm not pooping referrals, like you want referrals, but at the end of the day, like that's that's not always a sustainable business. Um, so man, I'm, I'm super excited to talk a little bit about that. But before we get there, obviously, you know, you've know you been in the industry for a long time. Tell us about that journey, man. I'm sure you know, it's 20 years. Yeah. It's not always been easy, right? No, no. Uh, so when I started, I was actually at Wells Fargo Financial, and that's where I was kind of processing, and it was more of a credit underwriter. We used to do, if you remember back, the commercials you would have for where people could finance furniture, like zero payments, 0% for all these years. Sure. I was actually the guy on the other end as a credit manager. We would pull your credit, and we would decide how much of a credit line we would give you. And so I had a great manager, taught me everything about credit reports and actual mm-hmm. credit usage, and then income assets. And we would underwrite the loans there because many times we would upsell and do auto loans. And then the big mortgage loan was like, 
the, the huge deal, right? If you could get someone to refinance all of their debts and it's like what we have today, cash out refinance sure. basically. And so I learned from the ground up after about a year and a half, moved over and strictly just did mortgages. Probably like many people, my wife and I, we were engaged at the time, we were buying a house. And so I thought, well, okay, if I go through this process, I would love to help people buy houses. My friends are buying houses. I know friends, parents that are realtors, builders, all this. And I thought, well, cool. I'm going to go do just mortgage and get out of the strip center, get out of just doing credit and processing. Right. And, um, and there wasn't a really a career path for that. And I love, it, it gave me an opportunity to go tour model homes, but to find a passion for, like I still to this day, like I love real estate investing. I love first-time home buyers because I was one. I remember how nervous, anxious, afraid I was, what I didn't know that I wish I had known. And so just educating and doing that. And you know, along the way, look, I, I've um, had some, some cool opportunities, but I tell everybody, I like, that's where I started. That's where I cut my chops. That's where I learned to make cold calls. That's where I learned truly the foundations of credit income and assets that you have to know and programs today. I was, uh, look, as I tell everybody, I was the nerd that I would take guidelines home, like 4155 or whatever. I would take guidelines and highlight them and make notes. And I would tour open houses on the weekend. And I only share that because like the business has changed and I've evolved with it, but that was my sure. roots. That's where I started. That's how I learned. And, and I don't think all of that's changed. It's just the manner in which now I can actually scale something epic proportions where before it was literally, you had to show up in person. Today, right. I think you've got a lot more options. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially uh, with the pandemic, right? I mean, the pandemic made Zoom and, and virtual meetings normal, right? I mean, obviously, I mean, I'm a marketer. I grew my entire business virtually. My whole entire team is across, spread across the entire US and then even across the world, right? And it was kind of normal for me, but but it took a little bit to understand that. And I think I think the pandemic forced real estate agents, loan officers to to move into this virtual environment and, and everybody really, it got everybody comfortable with being uh, in this sort of a scenario where we're, you know, talking face to face, but not really, right? Like we're, we're talking, right. you know, via the, the phone or, or via the, you know, the computer. And so it, it's, a, it's a massive shift. But uh, before we get there, let's talk a little bit about your foundation, not foundation, but let's talk a little bit about kind of like what you were talking about before, right? Like this hybrid, um, I don't know, hybrid originator or hybrid marketing yeah. or what, I don't remember what you called it, but, but let's, let's hit there first. Yeah. So I've been paying attention and I'm, I consider myself a student of the game, right? I'm always trying to learn. I'm always trying to connect in masterminds inside and outside the industry, because I think there's a lot we can learn. And what I started to see probably about five years ago, I made the biggest shift in my career. And I started teaching our loan officers is look, the social thing isn't going away, right? right? People are starting to go online more and more and they're shopping for either their house, their mortgage services. They're shopping for all kinds of services online. I, mean, I, I personally was doing it myself. And I realized wow, a lot of loan officers and even branch managers, regionals had no online personal brand whatsoever. Right. And so the space wasn't crowded. And some of the content that was out there, I mean, quite honestly, it, it sucks, right? I mean, you watch <laughs> it and you're like, who really wants to know about your 30 year jumbo with 5% right. down? Like as a customer, the messaging just wasn't on point. And so this hybrid originator today is really figured out how do you one show up where the customers are, which means you need to build an audience. You need to build your network. I started right. on places like LinkedIn, got heavy into Instagram and have started to spread out from there, but I knew where I wanted to go. And I started to show up over and over and over and build my network and then I never negated though, at the same time, it's not an either or. I think that's right. a lot of people go, wow, I've got to show up on social or I got to call on realtors. No, no, no. These things go together. Right. And if you're like me, I got tired of doing cold calls, both for recruiting <laughs> and for calling real estate agents. It's like, right. 
no one likes, it's like that weird, awkward first date and you show up, you've never met, somebody set you up and it's like, do I like this person? Do I want to be there? Do I not want to be there? But what if you're able to build a brand online that made that call warm? The reality is you can. And that's what I started to embark on. That's been my journey. And then teaching our LOs, how do you show up online so that before you call someone, customer, realtor, they can find you, but you also could warm up the call. That's been my journey. And I'm sure we'll dive into some of the tactics of it. But sure. it's not its not anything that you can't do today if you're listening. You can start from where you are and build this and it'll complement what you're already doing, just make you that much better and more approachable. And I tell people this all the time is you could be the best loan officer in your community. Like if they went and surveyed the originators and you took a test, you might be the smartest one. Structuring programs, you might know guidelines from VA to USDA to local state bond, all that. The problem is this, if the customer never finds you you never get a chance. You don't have a seat at that table. You never get a shot to explain why you're the best. And that's where the game has changed. So that mindset is, how do I show up? And oh, by the way, then I'm also going to be very skilled and I'm going to be able to explain products, programs, and build trust with that customer quickly. But they go together. Man, I, I love that. That's that's huge um, in terms of, you know, I, th- I think social media is one of the most powerful tools that we have today to, to build a business. I mean, that's exactly how I grew mine organically up until I didn't run paid ads till 2020. So it's only been about yeah. two years. The first two years was completely organic, just posting results, things like that, being a person online. Um, and, I, and I think so many times, even today, like like you said, I mean, you go look at someone's profile, and you're like, is this person even a loan officer? Like, in what in the world? Like, how does anybody know? And, and it's funny because it's something that I, I learned pretty early on was this idea of hope marketing, right? So many people think like, I got this great service. So everybody's just going to want it. But like, who cares if you, no one knows who you are and knows that you have this great service, right? It's hope marketing. You're, you're, you're right. just hoping that someone's going to come to you because you're great. But the truth is, that's not how anything works. Like you need to no. be obnoxiously loud about it. Unfortunately, yeah. you just do. I mean, I don't know if it's unfortunately, but you do. And it's funny because I had a buddy of mine who's like, get louder, get louder, get louder. And this is when I was posting three, four times a day. And he's like, man, just get louder. Like, he's like, it's like true. Like, just know that like most of the people that are seeing your stuff, they're seeing like one out of every four posts or whatever. They're yeah. seeing one every 10 posts because, you know, social media is so convoluted these days, yeah. um, but there's still a path to it. So, so talk a little bit about that, man. I know, you know, I'm sure you got some tactics, things like that. And, and but one of the things that I feel like, stops loan officers from going onto social media is is this idea or not idea, but this overwhelm, right? Because you yeah. hear people like Gary V say you need to be on every every platform, you know, 48 pieces of content. And it's like, oh crap, I got to be on all these things. And it's so like yeah. you, guess what happens when you when you get overwhelmed? You do you do nothing. Nothing. Right. And so yeah. what is your thoughts there as far as like, you know, kind of building up your social media presence and and, and where would you start? Yeah, that's a great one. So I started on LinkedIn. That was one that I've been on the longest and I was Mm -hmm. comfortable there. It's a professional network, right? And I think about people there, typically they're going to be homeowners. So they could be looking to refinance or buy a property or know someone that's going to buy a property. They're looking to change jobs. And through that, there's life changes. Maybe they're needing a bigger home. Maybe they're moving and relocating. Maybe they're downsizing. There's a lot of opportunity in LinkedIn. And so what I said is, well, I'm going to show up and provide value there and educate and share things. And I didn't go all in on mortgage. I started to share things I was passionate about. And actually was one of the first, I believe, at least in our industry, I started to share things about like my family and my hobbies. And I love, you know, I played professional soccer and I've got my kids playing soccer and sports, right? So I started sharing who I was. Well, guess who was attracted to me? People that liked soccer, that connected with, they go, oh man, you played here. You did this, you did, right? This is where people miss it. They miss the boat because- 
who you are and your experiences are unique to you, right? If you're someone that loves to travel, you love going to the beach, you love you know, food, whatever it is, guess what? There are people out there, they will connect with you because of that. And then they're going to see that you're a mortgage loan officer and they go, I've got a mortgage question. I like Luke, I like Brian, I like what they're doing. That's literally how I started my brand was no one wanted to hear about mortgages. I didn't want to talk about interest rates. I didn't want to talk about all the data and all this stuff because people just didn't care. I started talking about who I was and that's where I would start. That's what I would say for anyone is, It's easy to document who you are because you know who you are and what you do. And then I started to incorporate things in there that were business of like, what have I done this week? Like, who have I talked to this week? What were some insights? What were things that I was like, you know what? Hey, here's something that I wish I had known and provide that education. And so I started to separate. Don't need to overthink it. Not trying to be Gary Vee. I'm not trying to be those guys. His information is fantastic if you want to be this huge social media kind of you know, influencer or whatever they want to call themselves. Right. The reality is if you're a loan officer today, you just need to show up. The first step is just show up and make it really simple. And I would start writing. And what's cool is the more you write, the better you get and the more clarity you have. Yeah. And so this actually could help you. And when you start to meet with real estate agents or customers, they are going to Google you just a heads up. They're going to look you up. They, they do it more than ever. I know I do it. I look people up. And so that's, that's where I would start. And people overthink it. It's like, which platform? How many times do I post? I'm like, guys, get in the game. Like for many of you, it's to get in the game. If you are in the game and you're already posting, then you can start getting more strategic. And what I would say in the second camp, if you're already doing things, what I wish I had done sooner that I had done the last two years, I hired a team around me to help. Nice. I am not great at this stuff. I don't want to spend my time on it. My revenue driving activities are not posting on social. However, I can't ignore it because the conversation that comes because I did post on social is where I make my money, right? Like that's how right, I add right. value. And so I said, well, what if I hired someone? And I remember starting and it was like a couple hundred bucks a month. Okay. And then I started to scale that now where it's a lot more than that, right? Get what you pay for. And so as you're searching, this would be a tip I would say for those that are kind of intermediate or feel like you're more advanced hire someone to help you with this part of your game. And then we strategically have a calendar that we go through. And then we just literally document what I do and the things that are happening in my life. It's not hard. It's actually gotten easier. It's actually got a lot easier. I love that, man. I I think um, what's interesting to me about what you've talked about is this is all what I would tell people on Facebook, right? Because, you know, it's a very much more personal. and, And what I love is that you've done this on LinkedIn, which is traditionally a you know, a professional, like stuffy, you know, it's just interesting because it's exactly what I tell people on Facebook. It's like, you want to talk about your family. You want to talk about sport, you know, soccer, man. I grew up playing soccer. I grew up in Ecuador. And, and so soccer was my passion as well. Right. And so nice. you said that it's like, man, that's amazing. Right. I would have connected instantly because yep. it's just a, a huge part of my life, you know? Um, and so it, it's, it is, it's, it's a really cool thing because realistically, like, I, I don't know exactly on LinkedIn, but I know for Facebook, I typically say, you don't want to post more than like 10 to 30% of your content being business type stuff. Right. You yeah. want to talk memes, funny things, talk about your family, talk about the food you ate, talk about the travels that you did, because People do, they they like to do business with people that are similar to them. In addition to that, you're, you're unknowingly building trust because you're you're showing yes. first people that you're a human, right? So, I mean, the people that you're going to talk to that have seen all of your content are going to be so much easier to talk to because they feel like they know you. And I just, yeah. again, I just want to go back to like, 
LinkedIn, man, it's, it's incredible that you've done that on LinkedIn because again, I just, I've always kind of resisted LinkedIn because of that. I've done a lot of like the, you know, the, the, the typical spam outreach that you do there with, with you know, using the, yeah. the messaging and stuff. But from the, from the posting perspective, I'm just going to double down there because now I know that it works on LinkedIn. I've always had this oh. mindset block behind LinkedIn of like, it's a professional site. You don't want to have all these family pictures, things like that, but Hey, it clearly works. It's huge. And, and I'll tell you the secret to my success over the last five years, and I've shared this and it's, easy for anyone to understand, but it's sometimes hard for them to do. And the simple strategy was I went online and I would have a top 25, almost like as an LO, I would have my top 25 realtors and financial planners, people that I would call on. Well, I shifted that. I took that same approach and said, who are the top 25 on social media today that I'm going to connect with on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. I actually went online and started to engage in their posts. Right. So mm-hmm. one, they need to be online, which most of the agents now show up on one of the platforms. And right. I intentionally would go on there every day for almost 90 days until I got an appointment, until I got that connection, until I brought them on my podcast. If they had a show, I would go on their show. And I had my top 25 that would kind of rotate through a little bit. And what I did was I would comment thoughtfully on their post, right? right. And go on there thoughtfully. and go. That's it. Hey, look, love what you're posting here. Here's what I took away from that. Here's something I'm doing. And I would, you're like, oh, how do you add value? Very simple, guys. You go onto their post, you make them feel validated, you affirm what they're doing, and you give something back to the community and say, hey, here's here's what I am doing in this space. This is what's helped me in you know time management, how I spend more time with my kids, how I'm with my health and working out, whatever the subject is, go online. Well, after a while, imagine what happens if you see me continually pop up and comment on your posts. Like, who is this Brian guy? At some point, we're going to connect. Or you know what? If we don't, the 10 or so percent that don't ever respond and they just keep going, that's okay. We weren't meant to work together anyway, because I'm looking for people that are going to engage and reciprocate. And so I will tell you, that's been a secret not only to be on great podcasts, that's been a secret to meet great real estate agents. It's been a secret to help recruit great producers and teams, open new markets. Like this, this is a strategy. Most people, it's free outside of your time, right? But it's different. No one else is going on and doing this. And so I would just say, if you want to build your network, that's how you do it. Well, and that brings in a couple of things into play, right? One that, that brings in the algorithm, right? Because you're commenting on someone else's post. So that brings okay. that. There's also the law of reciprocity that, that comes out of that, right? Is, hey, you know what? You're giving value. You're bringing something to them. Um, but, you know, again, you talked about bringing value, right? And, and I think so many times people do these like cheesy, like nice or something like that. And it's just like, that's, that's not genuine. And people can tell that, right? If you just come by and you're just, you know, or there's the other side of things. And, and, and I think this is huge too, is drive by posting, right? They're like, oh, I'm going to post social media. And then just, so you post it and then don't engage with anybody who engages on your posts. You don't engage with anybody else. And so, you know, like you don't get the results that you wanted. And, and I think that's, that's right. I think that's huge that you you mentioned this because so many people don't talk about this piece. It's like, yeah, they talk about posting, but the truth is a lot of the value really comes from what you just talked about, finding 10 or 15 people a day. I mean, I never had like a specific group of people, but I just, I, I found myself just doing this naturally. Yeah. Um, and then I found when I just was posting and I was trying to like, just post and like take off, like and not have like my app on my phone. I found that my engagement started dropping on all my posts. And I was like, what the heck? Like maybe yeah. Facebook. And it's like, no, it's like, I stopped doing those actions that I didn't realize had such a, a strong effect in my organic presence. Because again, like 
when you comment on someone else's post, you're going to like, well, one, they're going to see your post, but two, because of the law of reciprocity, they're going to want to like do the same for you. And then you start to kind of build this like weird, I don't, most of the people that I'm friends with on social media, like I've never met in life. Like yes. even most of my, even most of my team members, I've never met in person. Right. Um, which is, which is crazy. And we, I feel like I know all of them and I'm really strongly like close with someone even like as close as family. So it's, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love it. I'll give you a, a, a pro tip that I shared with our team. And so as I started to do that, I recognized like sometimes it was taking me longer. I'm not a great typer. So I would struggle. Like I would, I would mistype stuff and have to mm-hmm, do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I realized the voice memo function that exists on all the platforms and you can actually press that microphone button and I would speak what I wanted to say. And sometimes it's a little bit of a typo. It's off. It doesn't right. translate with my Southern accent and all that stuff. But for the <laughs> most part, I could talk like I was talking to you and respond to your post and I would get two or three almost conversational style comments. And so I could knock one out in a minute or less. So when I said I was doing 25, let me be real about what was happening. A lot of times I was hitting that microphone. I was saying what I was thinking in a conversation back to whoever was there and engaging. Well, the person that I replied to and comment on their post, they don't know, they don't care. I commented, I gave them feedback. And so that was a, a tip because look, I'm not spending an hour on there every day. Let's just, I'm gonna tell people that because people are like, how do you make time for it? I go, guys, right. I narrowed it down and it could literally, I got it to where when I was really dialed in 15, 20 minutes or less, 25 right. people right. that I'm connecting with. And you're right. The algorithm of course does work in your favor and back and forth, but I got so that's to know tactic. people. That's, that's it. a tactic that I don't want to, I don't want to talk about the algorithm too much because yeah, it, it, it works in your favor. It wasn't my intention. You, it wasn't my intention. If you try to game it, if you try to game it, like it's just not, you're not going to do this long-term because, because the truth is like, you're trying to game things, right? right. Growth hacking, growth hacking, in my opinion, doesn't work. It's funny because I actually got called out on this a couple of years back. Cause I was saying like, Oh, well, the colored post just gets so much more engagement. And the guy's like, well, what if, what if it's not the colored post? What if it's just that you're a genuinely cool guy that people want to engage with? Because if I posted this thing, I was like, Oh, you know what? Like that is an interesting thought yeah. right there. Right? Yeah. So um, it was, it was, uh, it was funny. And I think the other thing to, to talk about too, is that you said you started with LinkedIn, right? I think the other thing too, is people think they got to start on all the platforms and yeah. the truth is they typically go, you know, what is it? An inch, an inch deep and a mile wide versus yeah. a mile deep and, and, an, and an inch wide. Right. And so, you know, I did the same thing. I got Facebook all in on Facebook and I got really, really good. I understand oh. the algorithm. I understand like everything I've got really good at writing posts. The other thing too, is you suck at writing posts at first. It's okay because you're not going to get oh. very much reach at first. It doesn't really yeah, matter. You right. aren't going to see it as much. Right. And so as you get better, yeah. then more and more reach starts to happen. Same thing with video, right? Like you're going to suck at first, but the truth yeah. is if you post videos, you, you're uh, you know, most people aren't going to see it because if you're not doing that very often, like, you know, just realize hardly anybody's going to see it as you get better and better and better, you know, it goes up. So anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. So anyway, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit. Like what, what would you say is one, one way that a loan officer can, can go out there today uh, and kind of, you know, build relationships or, you know, grow their business in a way that's a little bit different than, than the typical. Yeah. So outside of that strategy works, right? So we talked about a tactical piece there. Yeah. Yep. I think for yep. loan officers today, the reality is most of the loan officers are all talking about gas prices are up, inflation's up, and we're talking about all right. the problems that exist. And I think to differentiate Here. yourself, when you make your call, when you're reaching out, which you should be reaching out to real estate agents, I think financial planners, CPAs are a huge untapped market, by the way. Yep. 100%. And I think those are ones, they're people, they want you to bring a solution to them. And so what I would be sharing right now and what we're encouraging our team to do is you do need your targeted list, right? Whether you reach out to them on social or you call them directly, I encourage both. You need to have solutions. 
So in this market, I think what a lot of people lose sight of is, yes, inflation's up. Yes, interest rates are up. Yes, home values are up. But guess what else is up? The average income for a household. So we, we distort and we only look at certain numbers. And we need and to talk prices. to people about wealth is really created in the United States through real estate investing, I believe. And so I think some of the untapped markets, if I'm a loan officer today, I'm trying to find real estate agents, not that just sell a lot of homes. I think we all fall into that camp of like, oh, I'm going to call on this agent because they're just selling a hundred homes a year. Right. No, like find your camp of people that are going to be loyal and that you can go create customers together. And the power of going on social now with a real estate agent versus by yourself, that could be a great strategy for you. How can you guys go on there together? That one listing that you can be part of and whether it's actually in person or you put it on social, what are you sharing that's going to educate someone of, hey, here's where your payment would be, but you know what? Right now, this is a great market. Here's the data and some information about why we think this home is going to continue to appreciate at 10% over the next year. Here's the cost of waiting. For example, we've been talking a lot about that, educating customers and potential buyers. I'm calling on a real estate agent. I want them to know, hey, if that customer waits, potentially buying this home, they wait a year, they think rates are bad now. Well, forget rates. What happens to that home that's 600000 right that next year is 660, 700,000. And so I think that's where if I'm a loan officer today, you've got to become a student of the game and master your craft. Meaning you need to know products and programs more than ever because people are coming in. We're seeing a lot of self-employed buyers. You need to understand how to calculate self-employment income. You need to understand K-1s, right? You need to understand how to put together programs that exist like three and a half percent down jumbo program all the way to a USDA program. You need to understand your programs because what's happening is we're seeing customers get turned down at lender one or lender A because the loan officer didn't know how to structure the deal, right? And I think that's part of, if I'm a loan officer today, I can't just be great at any one of these. I need to be working on my product knowledge. I need to be engaging in social every day. And I need to be out in my community meeting with real estate agents, potential buyers, financial planners, all of those. And I would say the overarching piece if you're out there, is everyone you have helped over the last two years, five years, 10 years, however long you've been in the business, what is your content strategy? What is your connection strategy to reach out to them? I think we overlook it. Loan officers are notorious. And I was this way until someone actually kind of redirected me. Sure. We go close, we go close all these loans for customers. Refinance, purchase, doesn't matter. We forget about them. And guess what? Your CRM that automatically mails them the crap that we all send, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about literally picking up your phone, sending a voice message. If you want to scale this, if you're a producer that has a lot, you know, you could do a video message and whether it's BombBomb or one of the other services there, you could send that out to a hundred, a thousand of your customers that you've worked with. Let them know what's happening in the housing market today, why you are still the person they need to call for all of their mortgage needs. Like we're just not thinking about every customer could lead to four or five, six referrals, but yet we're thinking about the new customer. And so that's, that's where I would shift. If I was originating in today, that's where I would lean into that strategy and make sure every day, I know some people think I'm crazy, two hours of prospecting, meaning I'm calling real estate agents, financial planners, all the things I talked about. I'm posting on social, like I talked about. I'm sending those videos and text messages, like I talked about, two hours a day. We're literally talking about in a week, think about that, 10 hours. That's it. 
Yeah. Minimum. Yeah. I mean, minimum, two hours. Yeah. True. Yeah. That's I was going to say, I mean, that's something that I even, I mean, I have to tell, you know, our clients, even, it's like, yeah, spend two hours, like two hours a day is like your minimum, right? Really, really, really realistically as a, as a salesperson, you should be spending eight hours a day. I mean, you know, as much as you can of your day doing prospecting, right? Obviously that's not realistic because you got, you know, loans and, and loans and process, all that kind of Absolutely. stuff. You got to deal with other things. But the truth is as much of that time you need to be spending doing revenue generating activities. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because a lot of times the people get so stuck in that sort of uh, hamster wheel are the people that are closing one, two, three loans a month because you know they're having to process their own loans. And so of course, like then they're dealing with their fires and you know, one loan falls out and they're tripping out. And like, you know, and it's and it's hard because like it's really hard for them to get off that. Like once you get beyond that and understand that you have to use systems and, and things like that, and you need to leverage people to to grow, like, you know, the rest is history. But it's like oh. that transition is, is really tough, I think, for most people. And it's something that was tough for me, even as a, you know, going from starting my business to bringing people onto the team. Like you have to learn to delegate. You have to learn that not everybody's going to be as good as you at the things that you're good at, right? Like not everybody's going to, you know, care as much as you. But the truth is, if you ever want to grow beyond a certain point, like you have to give up some of that. And there's there's exceptions to the rule. There's some there's some anomalies out there that still process their own loans and you know close a ton, a ton of deals. But like the, the truth is not everybody's like that. And and most people like us that are sales type minded people are not detail oriented enough to really do a good job of that anyway, you know? Yeah. So the book I would recommend to anybody, um, you got Atomic Habits, it's out there. Mm-hmm. And book. then um I was reading a James Clear book the other day. And I was, this quote was sticking out to me. And he talks about, we don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. And so I was thinking about, as you were saying that is most loan officers, whether you're at two loans, 10 loans, 20 loans, wherever it is, that next stage for you is going to require you to build out systems and processes that you do have people on your team. That's where people get stuck is they don't want to delegate it over. They're like, oh, nobody can do it as, as good as I can. Reality is you're stuck where you are because you're not letting other people come and pick up some of the workload and do that together. So I would be thinking about how do I scale my team, which whether you're in my seat or you're originating at you know five loans a month, wherever you are, you've got to find those spots. And it's even like social media I shared. Once I hired a team, my calendar freed up for me to go do the things that I'm good at. Right. And I, and I let go of those. And everyone's like, oh, you know, they're worried about the commission they're going to give up or the bonus they're going to pay that person. The reality is like, I've yet to find when I bet on myself and invested money in the right support and the right team members, which is a whole other conversation. Yes. But when you hire say. the right people, then your business will grow, right? And if you struggle with that, then you need to have someone to help you hire the right people because I've seen that as well. Loan officers will struggle because they're hiring for the wrong reasons and they're hiring the wrong person, the wrong role. Right. And right. So over time, look, I've made enough of those mistakes to where it's like, no, for this role, this is what I need. And that, that's who I'm going to hire. Not just because I like them, because they're going to be great at that. That's not what I'm great at. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's that's probably one of the hardest part of, of growing a business, right? Is like, that's uh, right. I'm, and I'll say this, like people, it's the hardest, but also probably the most fulfilling part of growing a business, right? Yeah. It's like, hey, you know what? Like we've, I mean, we've been some, uh, you know, we've had to let some people go. We've had to, you know, there's been some things that have happened that, you know, mass betrayal. And and so it's, it's, it's been a lot. Right. And so I, but in the process, I've learned, you know, so much around one leadership because, you know, you have to grow as a leader. Right. And, and I think, you know, it's something that isn't really taught too much. Yeah. There's, you know, there's good people out there that are, that are doing that, but, uh, you know, I never was, a, I was never a leader. I mean, I was a team lead at Subway. If you can, 
can count that, but I was never like in charge of anybody at any of the jobs. I, I always just put my head down and I yeah. did the work and I was always a good employee. I was great. I did, you know, I was a top producer and all that kind of stuff, but I was just always like, I do my own work. And so one of the hardest things for me was figuring out that not everybody is like that. Right. And yes. so you bring people on, you think everybody's just going to go be like you and they're going to just put their head down and grind. And like, no, some people need explicit direction. They need to know exactly what success looks like. They, some people are okay with just, hey, you know what? Figure it out. Go do it. But most people need direction. And so I think so many times people say people suck or you know no one's good or things like that. It's, it's probably not because that person really truly sucks. It's because you didn't put them into a place that they were going to succeed. You didn't set them up for, for yeah. success. You set them up for failure. And, and I would say 5 to 10% of people are going to succeed even when you set them up for failure. Most people are going to fail. And so you got to understand, you almost have to put it back on yourself as a leader um, that, that it is a lot of times on you, you know, to a certain extent. So, yeah. And it's, it's just a different ballgame. Like as a leader right now, looking at our team, a leader has to show up differently and provide educational opportunities and training opportunities. And the reality is the skills of the last couple of years, we were all order takers and we were dealing with capacity issues and we had mm -hmm. people coming in and they were willing to wait. They were willing. Everybody was getting a great lower interest rate than they were on. And today it takes some creativity and you have to really listen to the customer. Conversion matters. If I'm a loan officer today, I'm starting to really track my numbers because you need to know in your process where you're great. And also you need to know where you're not performing, meaning if I were to look at your numbers, is your initial call, do you end up being able to get, whether it's actually an application, do you get that customer right. to commit and give you docs and move them forward? You know, where are you falling apart in the process? And I would look at the same with real estate agents, you know, and just track where you are in your conversion. Because I think too often we just go through, we just show up and we're like, oh, we're just selling, selling, selling. It's like, well, maybe in my process, I'm losing people. They're starting to shop me at a point in the process. Maybe it's up front. Maybe it's a little bit after that initial call, but they haven't locked in with me yet. You've right. got to know because today, every customer you get a chance with, you've got to be able to build that relationship and that rapport because not only does it equal more referrals, I believe, but you've got to be able to convert that customer, stop them from shopping around, get them caught basically up with you so they trust that you are the best person to serve their needs. And that's, that's where I would be leaning in is, you got to know your business. You got to know you, you got to know your products. And, and I think it's going to weed out. I'm calling it the great squeeze, like the big squeeze, because it's going to squeeze people out. You can't sure. be average anymore at this stuff. It's it, you're going to get, you're going to get blown away by the next person that comes along and that they're better than you. Right. Well, and the, you know, I think you, you hit it right on the head, right? So many people are transactional and they, they forget that like the average person that buys a house is buying what somewhere between four and seven houses over their lifetime, right? So you have to think about this not as a one-time thing. And so many, again, I mean, I, I'm in the marketing space, right? So like so many times people come in, they're like expecting immediate ROI. And it's like, you have to realize there's a six to eight month sales cycle, if not even more. And you got to think about it from the perspective of the, the, the customer journey, not so much uh, what it typically comes to you, right? Because a lot of times when people are referral only, they get someone who's already gone through this six to to 24 month period of time where they've gone on Zillow, they've thought about it, they've they've talked to people, they've talked to their mom, their dad, their 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 siblings, things like that, people that have bought a house. And so they've gone through this whole decision making process and they come to you ready to buy. And so you're like, oh man, everybody closes in 45 days. Well, no, that's not how this works. This is the biggest transaction that they're ever going to make, right? Obviously, if they buy a bigger house, then that's going to be bigger. But you know what I mean? But yeah, I think so many people are so stuck in like today business that they forget one, that they're building a long-term business. They're building a pipeline, not only of short-term people, but also of repeat buyers and referrals right. and things like that. And there's just, um, and one of the things we tell people, is, especially with online marketing is 
you, you have to build that trust because at every point in the process, people are looking for reasons not to buy, right? Yeah. Because there's, they're just looking for it. Like they're looking there's it's too good to be true. It's not easy. It is hard. Oh, you know, because it is, I mean, you know, we have, there's a reason why rocket makes so much money and, and closes so many deals because they're, they're, they're basically saying, Hey, your biggest fear that this is a hard transaction and you know, all this kind of stuff. That's, that's not true. You just push a button and get a mortgage. Now we both know that that's not true, but they understand human psychology and they're playing off of that. Right. And so I think, you know, loan officers need to understand that, you know, one, they have to get better at marketing. Two, they have to get better at sales. Three, they have to get better at being a loan officer. And I think, honestly, that's probably the most important part. It's one thing that we tell even our loan officers, like you have to be a good loan officer first, because if even if you can convert leads into loans, if you give a real referral partner a lead, great. But if you don't close their deals or you drop the ball here and there, you don't communicate well, like it doesn't matter how much business you give them. They're not going to want to work with you. Yeah, it'll die right? off. That's why they go together. This this is the error. When I think about professional athletes, you know, I share that with people all the time. It's like, you know, they're training in their sport specific. Like I think about soccer and, and but you're also training outside uh, of yeah. on the field and your skills. And you also have your diet and things you're working with and you're watching game tape. There's right. so much that goes into that. Like, why would we be any different? Like we're paid, right. like the, the best originators are paid almost like professional athletes yep. in, in a yep. lot of regards for their time. And so I think that's where just, that's a mindset shift that, you know, you've, you've got to be great to your point, not only of attracting them and marketing that customer to come to you, but then you got to deliver. It's got to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's all, I mean, I don't know if you've ever read the book, but never lose a customer again is, is a great yep. uh, book on, on just kind of understanding uh, the whole entire journey and, and how important it is to have this dialed in 90 day window minimum, right. Of like, you know, we, we've come, come from an era where uh, client or customer support was just very reactive. Well, actually we came from an era where, you know, as long as you got the thing not broken, you were fine, man. It's not broken. Great. That's seventies, you know, eighties, like, you know, if it came and it wasn't broken, awesome. Then we came into the Amazon era where like we expect two days shipping, right? Yes. Things like that, where we get pissed when it takes three or four days and it's like, well, that's ridiculous, right? We're, we're expecting that. But you have to understand that, that along with those things, buyer's expectations continue to go up and up and up. And so there has to be a more reactive yeah, yeah. Uh, and an intentional uh, client journey that you push people through. Because again, like you are going to lose people and, you know, yeah. especially in a market like we're in today where, you know, rates have gone up, what, a point and a half in the last six months or so, maybe even less. Um, so it, you have to have that uh, dialed in. That's right. Yeah. So, I think I'll, um, no, bad. So if I was a loan officer today too, I would be thinking about what the narrative is out there and try to take a stance. You know, like right now, everybody's talking about how rates have gone up substantially. But if you actually look at what's really priced people out of the market, it's not the rates, it's the, the speed at which homes have appreciated. And so what that would tell me as a customer, if you're speaking to me, is going, hey, the longer you wait, the more that home's going to go up in value. And you could price yourself out of that monthly payment that you're there. And I think the same is true right now. Like we need to inform and educate customers about what that means for them and, and not let the news or other people become the experts, right? Like I want right. people to come to me and to ask those questions. That's why, like I mentioned LinkedIn is I like to go on that platform because I get a lot of DMs, people asking questions, or even in the posts, they'll ask questions. And I try to go on there and put thoughtful comments, but you know, research, know your stuff. And, and, and put an opinion out there of what's happening and how you can help people. Yeah. And I love that too. I mean, you know, I, th I think there's a, a certain level of like, you want to show up as an expert. And so 
I typically, the way I, I structure it or the way I tell people is like, you want to do about 30% of just like normal family type of, you know, fun stuff, about 30% thought leader stuff and about 10 to 30% of like business specific results, testimonials, stories of how you save someone a bunch of money, things like that for a loan originator. Right. But, you know, again, 60% of it is not anything, at least 60% of it is not anything that has to do with business really. Like, yeah, you know, obviously you yeah. can talk about, but it's just like, how do you, you know, how do you grow your wealth? Like, it doesn't have to be specifically like, here's a loan program with the DTI of da, 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 and the LTV yeah. and da, da. and so so many times people think that that's educating their borrower and instead what they're doing is they're confusing them into not buying right, right. you don't want to overdo it with you know and we talked about this earlier I think so many times there's the uh, and uh, Russell Brunson over at ClickFunnels always talks about techno babble right uh, he t- <laughs> he talks about not using jargon that the consumer doesn't understand. So on the marketing yeah. side, it's like, I'm not going to talk about pixels and all these random stuff. Whereas on that side, we don't want to talk about DTI, LTV. At some point, sure, you talk about that stuff, but you don't want to get too deep into that, especially when you're having that conversation. So um, awesome, man. Uh, any any sort of parting thoughts as, as we're kind of wrapping this up? Man, what I would share, and since the audience is loan officers, is start to really do a self-evaluation of where you are. And, and I think all real like Quality action comes from a place of knowing where you are. And in my life, uh, recently, I've gone through the exercise defining what success looks like to me, right? Like how much family time do I want? How much money do I want to make? What vacations do I want to take? And don't look at other people and define success on, oh, it's this amount of volume or this amount of, you know, whatever the success you might define success on your terms. And after you do that real evaluation of where your priorities and your values are, then you can start to take real action. And I've found in my life, Hiring a coach and people to come along, whether it's social media to help me, has exponentially grown my results. And so I would, I would write that out. That's an exercise for you to do. Don't try to wing it. Don't try to go through this year and just hope it's going to be like the last two years. The reality is this year, I, I believe it's going to be a great separator. Like when I said it's going to be the big squeeze, it's going to squeeze people out and they're going to get less business than they should because they just didn't have clarity about what success looked like, what the actions they needed to take. Where in their game do they need to improve? Like, let's quit looking at this and going, yeah, I'm good enough. No, you need to, you need to be great. Like the best athletes put in the work and they do that consistently. That's why they are great. And so that would be my challenge is surround yourself with people that are on that same mission. There's a lot of great people I'm seeing rise up in our industry, which I love that are collaborating. It doesn't matter what company you work at, what channel you're in. It doesn't, none of that stuff matters. What does matter is that you show up and you engage use the tools that your company or that are out there in the industry and you show up. And in the reality for all of us, we have a responsibility. Like when I was a first time home buyer with now my wife, we're looking at a home. You need to be that person that could help educate us as, right. as a couple and help us make the right decision because the mortgage is still the largest debt people have. We realized the last two years with COVID that home really is everything. That's where people live, work, play, do all this stuff. They have dreams. On the other side of it is, I still believe it's also the best way you can actually accumulate wealth and have rental properties and all these things. So I don't think of it as you're just doing a mortgage. It is so much bigger than that. So much bigger. If you treat it that way, you're going to show up that way and people will see you differently and you'll be a pro. Man, I love that. I, I think the the big thing for me that stands out right there is something that I've had to come to grips with myself is like, you know, so many times we get stuck in this, we build, we build this life 
that is not even the life you want. You're building what everybody tells you you should want, man. And like I, that to me was the biggest thing because that's what I found myself for the last two years was like, I'm building this, I'm building this massive company. It's like, wait, is this what I want? Like, yes, I love it and all that kind of stuff. But like, I just got stuck with like, man, like I want to spend more time with my family and these things, but like, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? And, and I, again, I just, the awareness, just having the awareness is, is like the first step, but just like, then going beyond that and just starting to see, okay, what do I actually want out of life? Maybe it isn't to be, you know, a hundred million dollar producer, maybe 50 million is enough, maybe 30 million is enough. You know, maybe you just, you know, want to close a million dollars a month. Who cares? Right. Like if it's what you think success is, that's, that's what it is. That's right. right. And so I, I just, man, to me, that was, that was big because I do think so many times, especially in an industry like mortgage, right? Like, Oh, I work 24 seven. I always pick up the phone to, to sleep. Money doesn't sleep. It's like, I mean, if that's what you want to do, great. Like if you're, if that's the type of person you are and you just want to hustle and grind and you want to be Gary Vee, great. I didn't, I personally didn't want to do that. And I got burnt yeah. out. I, you know, my wife in early 2020 is like, you haven't been around for the last two years. And that was like a gut punch. And I was like, Oh, what? I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you. That's what I kept saying. Right. And then I'm over here not spending time with them. And it's like, okay, well, like why does it, any of this matter? If I, if I build all this and lose my family, like what I was supposedly doing this for, like, was it all worth it? No. Right. So I think, man, it's huge. It's huge. It's the real, it's the real talk. I tell people, it was like, people don't talk about it, but that's what leaders. And I believe like as part of my role is to talk about that stuff and, and to get rid of the, uh, the old school, empty suit philosophies that don't, they don't, they don't serve any of us. Well, like, mm-hmm. you know, we have our funeral. I think about this one day, we're all going to die. Like that's the end of the movie for us. No matter who you are, nobody's going to talk about the mortgage team. Nobody's no one's going to talk about how much production we did, uh, but they're going to talk about the lives we impacted and like the legacy and how we cared for people and how we showed up. So why not show up and be our best and like actually do the things you said, like the things that we love to do, uh, you know, love life's it. too short not to. I love it, man. I love it. So real quick, uh, where is, if someone wants to connect with you, just kind of follow your, your contents, uh, where, where's the, some of the people can find you online? So website, briancovey.com, easy. Uh, you'll find all the socials there. I spend a lot of time over on Instagram. So somebody had Brian Covey. So I had to do the Brian Covey. Shucks. Yep. And uh, I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, all those places. So definitely DM me. I, I love to hear from folks. If you listen to this and it resonated, you got questions, any of that stuff, feel free to reach out. I do reach out. I'm the one that responds and, um, and just would love to hear your journey where you are and how I can help. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for being here. And to, to everybody who's listening, just kind of remember that, uh, you know, again, just kind of going back to this concept of build the dream or build the life that you want, right? I mean, I think we talked about a lot of things in this in this podcast, but to me, that's, that's the biggest thing that I would say had the biggest impact on me personally was just kind of defining what success looks like, um, you know, and it doesn't have to be some crazy pie in the sky goal. Like, you know, maybe that's not what you really want, right? But, but you know, realize that you can build the dream. I mean, the life of your dreams, right? You just have to be intentional about it every day. So thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning into the Loans On Demand podcast on loansondemandpodcast.com. The Loans On Demand podcast.